What's your favorite cruise movie? Um, I think it's the, the so it's the two we did back to back. It's it's Eyes Wide Shut and Magnolia. It's like if you watch those two, it's amazing to me that he was in both. And like he's never gonna be in movies like that again. Like I don't think he'll ever be in a serious drama. Like I think he's only gonna do action big budget movies from here out. But like the fact that he uh, was in Eyes Wide Shut and then he's nominated for his part in Magnolia, I think it's just like. Both those characters, I think, are great characters. I, and I do genuinely think he's a good good acting in both those movies. I'd also say Born on the Fourth of July is his best acting in his, like, 20s. Um, that's what He plays a Vietnam vet that loses his legs. Willem Dafoe's in that movie. That's a good movie, kind of overlooked these days. Uh, that was the one time he probably should have won Best Actor. And I want to say that my left foot, I think Daniel Day-Lewis beat him that year, is my memory. I just want to make sure that you're not counting any of his Ethan Hunt performances as among his best. Um, my favorite performance. Excuse me. <laughs> my favorite performance of Mission Impossible series would easily be Emilio Estevez dying in the first ten minutes of the first one in an elevator. I'm sorry. I thought the first Mission Impossible was awesome, and I think it holds up as a really cool like spy movie. So, we're talking about Mission Impossible 1. I think it's the best of all the Mission Impossible movies. And I think it's like the second or third best spy movie. Maybe fourth or fifth best spy movie in the last like 30 years. My memory of that movie was that I really liked a lot of the action scenes. Liked a lot of the acting. John Boyd is randomly in there. Bing Rams. Um, but I Jean, Jean Reno. Yeah, John Reno. But Wait, who, there's who's John, the great British actress? Emma Thomas, is it? I can't remember. But um, I could not tell you for the life of me the plot of that. Like the plot of that movie was so complex, I could not begin to describe to you what it was about. I remember a knock list involved. I remember him descending from a ceiling. I have no idea how anything connected. I mean, I don't want to be rude, but I could, do. You want me to quickly explain it? If you can do, if you can give me that plot in like thirty seconds, I'd be very appreciative. Okay, so it's one oh five now. Okay, so there's a list of all the covert agents um, that are undercover for this specific spy agents and probably others, and it's a two part thing. And they put one part out to lure out this spy, and they think it is. They don't know who it is, and it's John Voight, but he frames Ethan Hunt. So everyone's going after him, and while they're going after him, John Boyd then uses Ethan Hunt to try and actually capture the, the other half of the knock list, and he tries to manipulate him into delivering him the knock list. Oh, that's interesting. I had no idea that was what was going on in that movie. Yes, and uh, <laughs> he was thwarted. He didn't realize what was happening, but the whole movie is John Boyd's character using his wife and other characters and conditions to manipulate everything nice. to that train. And it's him. You realize like he's Ethan Hunt takes over his role as like the best spot. That's the way I look at it, especially after the future movies. I see. I've not seen the most recent ones. I don't think I remember seeing a few of the others. I remember John Woo did one. <laughs> okay. Mission impossible two sucked. John Woo. It was awful. <laughs> Mission Impossible 3 with J.J. Abrams, everyone talked about it like it's good, and other than Philip Seymour Hoffman, it's not. But Rogue Nation, Rogue Nation, 4, 5, and 6 were all awesome. Or was it 4? 
I think I've seen four. I don't think I've seen five and six. Wait, there might only be five. I would see. It's like I know I saw one, two, three. I think I, and I saw the one with Phil Seymour Hoffman. Everything after Rogue Nation have been good, in my opinion. Here's my biggest critique of this franchise, Jake. Put numbers in your fucking titles. Don't say Rogue Nation, this or that's what I just tell me what number I meant. Am I at Mission Impossible three or four? I actually don't have a problem with the titles. I'm upset with it. I, I really don't. <laughs> uh I to me it's yeah. You don't, you don't fucking number everything. I mean, like, it's not Lord of the Ring. It's not the Fellowship of the Ring 2, Fellowship of the Ring 3. Like, when Where you're telling a story. Star Wars Episode 4, Star Wars Episode 8, you know? I mean, first of all, no one even knows. Everyone calls it Star Wars. It's called A New Hope. No one ever calls Star Wars A New Hope. And nobody, <laughs> like, you, have you ever said, hey, I loved A New Hope? No. No. Only, only, it's like on Twitter, that's how people talk now, though. Yes, no, no, I, I definitely respect that, but it's just, I, there's a little more flexibility, I think, with the names, at least in my opinion, in my humble opinion. Uh, boy, now I, it's like, I kind of want to rewatch Mission Impossible or watch one of his new ones. The first one's the best, the and I think there are six. The last one's really good. The last two, are, the fourth is good. The fifth, okay, yeah, the fourth is good, the fifth is awesome, and the sixth, I think, is, might be the best. Uh, it's, the fifth and sixth are both really good. Wow, I've not seen five or six. I mean, who, well, I mean, somebody's watching. You watched them, so. I still think one's the best. I'm sorry, the whole train scene. There's the they, the opening spy scene where it's like everyone's getting killed at the, at the job. The middle attack on Langley. And the final yeah. scene, it's like a real awesome action movie. And it's a traditional, like, three-act, three-huge set-piece, like, yeah. summer movie spy film. And it, I think it's, like, smart, cool. I think it does it hits everything it's trying to do. I do, uh, yeah, that scene where it's, like, he's on the train and he blows up the helicopter with the gum thing or whatever. That's enjoyable. Red light, blue light, or green light. And then he just <laughs> slams it on the helicopter. Yeah, Cruz, uh, it's funny, I, he's he's one of the few actors I think people have gotten so caught up in his personal life, I don't think people realize this, and I'm going to say this right now, he's a good actor, like, name me any Cruz movie where you feel like he's half-massing it, or like going, you know, not giving his all, or like not really trying, it's like every movie he's in, that guy's going all out, like you can say anything, I think he's a total weirdo, I think he has weird sex things, I think he's done weird things to his kids, I'm just saying... When it comes to acting and judging him in these movies, like even in a movie like Cocktail or Days of Thunder, I actually think he's really good at what he's supposed to do in those movies. And it's like, I think I just think it's interesting the reputation he has now because it's like if you mention Tom Cruise to a woman, they'll gag usually is the usual reaction. Um, I understand why women hate him. I think he's. I love. I think he's a good actor. I'll see a lot of movies he's in, but I, I, I personally do not like him. But at the same time, I think he's a fun, he's a fun actor to watch, and I normally like most of his movies. <laughs> it's hard to. I'm trying to think of like. Like, do you, here's a question for you: Do you think Tom Cruise will win an Oscar in his lifetime? No. <laughs> You don't? No, no. I mean, you you kind of 
I think he's a lot I like Will Smith. I, th- I think he's a great actor, but I don't think he's ever going to push himself. He's doing on Mission, Mission Impossible 6. Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr., I mean, they're probably going to come back, but they're walking away from their franchises to, I assume, go try and win awards. That's it. Those guys are a little different, though, because Cruz has been nominated. Like, he's been close in the past. Like, like Born on Fourth of July, Collateral. Robert Downey Jr.'s won. Robert Downey Jr. won an Oscar for Chaplin, didn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, I didn't, no, sorry, I didn't hear Downey Jr. I no, I said – no, 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 no. I, then I compared him to Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. And even like Scarlett Johansson, if you want. Like these are all major characters, Paul Bettany, that were all killed off in Marvel. Like yeah. it's – I'm not – I don't blame Tom Cruise for being in movies seven and eight. But like as someone who used to like – who liked – Fast and Furious and didn't like it and then liked it again and now doesn't like it. Like when you're getting a number eight, nine, ten in your series with the same same people, like I think you I think I think you're starting to stretch it. I guess what I'm saying is I think I could see Cruz at an older age taking a specific role designed to get an Oscar and the Academy maybe sort of recognizing him for his career. But it's like he he probably should have won somewhere in that Magnolia collateral um, eyes wide shut period, and like because that was the last time when he was doing like serious adult movies. Um, yeah, so uh, eyes wide shut wasn't that good though. That was a movie that like so I don't think I'd seen a Kubrick movie. That might have been the first Kubrick movie I'd seen, and I think I saw it in like multiple parts. Like I definitely started it uh, two or three times and like didn't finish it. So it took me a while to see it in its full length. And then I saw AI, which was like finished by Spielberg. And then I saw Orange. I saw Shining before Orange. Full Metal Jacket. And I've seen, I'm blanking. Oh, I've seen Odyssey. I've seen, I'm missing a couple. Strange Love Now. But Eyes Wide Shut to me. We talk, I think we talked about this. It's like a weirdly hopeful movie, but it was missing something. Like it was missing like more menace or more sex or more comedy or something. It was just it was missing I, there's, something. There's a lot of opinions in that movie. Some uh, a lot of I think it's most most people probably say it's their least favorite Kubrick. I think it's a total fucking modern masterpiece. I think it says a lot about domestic life, sex life, uh, relationships with significant others, what you fantasize about, and whether that's uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing and whether all people do that. I think it just gets into a lot of things that are very adult topics that people are afraid to really talk about. I don't know. I, and, like, whether you want to get into the stuff about the Illuminati and all that nonsense is, like, I, you know, that's, like, the, the 12th layer of that movie or something. But, like, I think I think it's fair to criticize it, but I also think it's, it's gained a following for a reason. And uh, I don't know. I find it very interesting. Um doesn't have to be everyone's favorite movie <laughs> but i think it's like that type of movie though where tom cruise is like i'm gonna take two years of my life and do a stanley kubrick movie like clearly you're thinking you're gonna get you like might get an oscar for that kind of a role you know what i mean that's the movie i think that's the last time he really went for it and i'm not saying that in a negative way but like i well, think magnolia is the movie right after that and he gets nominated for that part i didn't see that movie but i've heard he's great i think he's the type of guy i mean he's a but he could also 
he could be in the next Tarantino movie and win something. I don't know if that's going to happen, but like I, he's got the possible, he's got the ability to win. I don't think he's going to because I just don't think at this point he doesn't seem like he's ready to take the type of risks. I think he's going to need to take it. He should have won for Interview with the Vampire. I think he's awesome in that movie, uh, and I know that's a weird take, but he's awesome in that movie, in my opinion. His other nomination, I want to say though, was Collateral, and that's the one where it's like, okay, now you're in a Michael Mann action movie. You're probably not thinking about Oscars, but he really executed his part well enough. He gets the nom. He elevates like, that movie. I mean, Jamie yeah. Foxx is good, but yeah, I think I think Cruz is the one who elevates that movie. That's another one, yeah, when people complain about Cruz, it's like, watch Collateral, and it's like, that's a normal movie with any other actor in that part. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I'm fully with you. Uh, he's got that ability. He, he can raise his game, although he also can have – he can still throw some duds. I saw The Mummy. The, 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 the most recent Mummy, you'll never think you're, you're going to say, you know what? I really wish I had Brendan Fraser instead of Tom Cruise in this role. I would rather have seen The Mummy 4 or 5, whatever the hell it would have been. But like you're saying, even his nuts, though, like like I saw that Night and Day movie with uh, Cameron Diaz, right? Hey, Night and Day is not that bad. <laughs> Can we isolate that audio? Uh, we're gonna, we'll isolate that. Uh, just in case we missed it, Night and Day, not that bad. I'm just saying, like, even in his shit movies, that was like, Cruz is still trying to make it. Like, I'm sure he was still trying to make the mummy, like, Mission Impossible. He's kind of like Saquon Barkley this year. Like, he's still, and this, I'm a Jets fan, but he's, like, still taking, like, 300 carries, even though he knows his team's going to suck. He's like, nah, like, we're going to do this the right way. We'll lose, we'll lose the right way. (laughs) Astros. It's a little like Tom Brady, too, where it's like, yeah, I know how old I am. I'm going to go to the Las Vegas Raiders just keep fucking going. It's like Cruz sees no uh, finish line. He's just like, he's got his motor going. Keep churning. I got no problem with that. That's that Scientology shit, man. That's that puts a motor in you. <laughs> I think that's one of many things that can put a motor in you. <laughs> I think Cruz is a fun, he's a very fun person to talk to about other people because they'll immediately start hating him. And then if you kind of be like, well, I kind of like him in this movie or that movie, they'll start looking at you like you're I get why people dislike him. I, I I just don't think it needs to be that black and white. Like I think all actors, if you know, I think the more you learn about most actors, you're probably not going to be pretty pleased. So that's true. Uh, it's hard though. I do think some of his comments about like women. He, he's had some pretty awful comments, and I think he. I think do think that's what he believes. So, well, he wanted to put his kids on that, like, Scientology boat. Kind of like what Phil Seymour often was on. Like, you would, like, this ship that goes around the world or something. Well, I'm really glad that didn't happen. <laughs> but that was why Katie Holmes divorced him, I'm pretty sure. I'll defer to you on this one, Seth. Well, I mean, a lot of people also speculate that both Nicole Kidman and Katie Holmes were uh, set-up marriages. I'm also a huge believer that Kubrick was like aware of that and specifically casted Kidman and Cruz. Also knowing Cruz was inside of the Scientology thing. I think all of that was intentional on Kubrick's part. I mean, after our discussions, I would totally agree with that. I think that actually makes more sense than anything. Yeah, I think it was very symbolic casting, which is always fun. (laughs) It's the kind of thing, though, where it's like, I don't think Cruz was aware of it whatsoever. No, I think Cruz was like, yeah, this would be a good movie. 
there was the other thing about that that was like Cruz was so popular at that time. Like they were basically the biggest couple. Like kind of what like whatever like Carrie and Megan are right now. It's like they were that couple then, or kind of what Brad and Angelina were in the two thousands. Like was that movie successful? Because uh, Mr. 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 and Mrs. Smith was successful. Uh, Eyes Wide Shut was not. <laughs> Like all of these Kubrick movies, nobody. It's like until five years later, nobody talked about it the right way. But um, I think box office wise, it actually was. I think The Shining is Kubrick's best box office, and I think Eyes Wide Shut might be his second best. Shining was definitely successful. Maybe Full Metal Jacket. I'm not sure, but I actually think Eyes Wide Shut did better commercially than like movies like Clockwork Orange or 2001. Yeah, his first few movies were successful too, right? Like the smaller ones. Um, some of them were. The, his very first movie was not. Was it? it I've, I've only seen parts of it, but it was like kind of known as this epic. They, people who watch the whole thing, they're like, you can see how like ambitious he is, but it's like everything fails, and it was kind of like this big lesson for him that like all these huge chances he took, like he didn't execute. Is that the crime one? I think so. I can't. I can't remember. I've that. heard that like it, that was kind of the. I've heard the first act of Joker in. The Dark Knight was kind of a play on like an early Kubrick one. And, oh, really? Uh, I can't remember if it's that film or not, but it's just the, like the masks they use are similar to the ones that Kubrick has, and it's like yeah, all about like double crossing with all these masks. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, we're gonna watch that movie at one point. We're gonna talk about that Dark Knight because that movie. Oof, talk about a great crime movie. Great crime movie. What should I have for food right now? What are your options? I'm in New York. I can't have anything. I'm in 